Hi everyone, this is Angel, and you're listening to Above Average. Guess what? I have Ian in the room right now as a guest. If you guys don't know, Ian is my boyfriend. Ian, say hi. Hello. (laughs) So the format of season three is going to be a little bit different. I think before in other seasons, I would outline like a bunch of questions and it's really structured. But I think I'm curious to know what kind of conversations will come about when you just talk. So we'll see. This is an experiment. This is the first time I have a guest over And I thought it'd be nice that Ian is here because I actually have a lot of questions that I'm not, I didn't write out, but I'm curious to ask um, these questions. So Ian, before we start, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, what what, what else is there to say? Um, I met Angel through dance day one um, after college. Right now, I'm into planting indoors and outdoors. Mm. Uh, last year during COVID, I got into outdoor plants at just at random. I started with like watching people on YouTube plant tomatoes, and then I just randomly went to Home Depot. <clears throat> Sorry, and then from there, it just exploded into a bunch of different vegetables and fruits. Yeah, and then this year, I randomly got into indoor plants. Which is weird because last year you were into indoor plants. And yeah. I, <clears throat> and I thought, oh, they don't, they don't, they don't look all that nice. But yeah. But now I have a change of heart. I know. I remember you like dissing me because they're mostly for like aesthetic purposes, or like that's what you thought about it. Well, I just thought they were. Um, it just looked like green leaves to me. Yeah, because they are <laughs> mostly. But I didn't. I didn't know there was a whole bunch of variety still. Yeah, I get really excited when you get into certain things because you get super in the weeds when you find a new hobby, and I feel like that's me too when I get into a hobby. But if you guys hear us swallow a lot, it's because we're drinking wine. Actually, um, this is also like another recommendation for season three. You know, we'll we'll drink a little bit see how it goes maybe they'll help like the conversations more it also it's not required for every guest but um and do you think drinking will help you more um in this this is your first ever podcast episode so um yeah i mean right now coming into it like my heart was beating because i wasn't sure what i was what i would say mm-hmm. um i think it's slowly I'm slowly starting to feel it help, like be more <laughs> nice. relaxed. Yeah, the liquid courage. Um, but also don't drink when you're underage because that's not a vibe. So, <laughs> okay, so I know this is not structured, but I think I would want to start off by talking about like how we met. I really think that we were like enemies to lovers or something. And so I want you to kind of share your perspective on that. Um, background information, like Ian said. We met in 2018. We were in the same, like, 
day one class. So we got invited the same year. So we started dancing for day one the same year. Um, but aside from that, I didn't really know anyone in the crew at the time because I was from a different school than most of them. And so I didn't know Ian until then. So do you mind like sharing your perspective of how we came to be? Um, let's see. I think I just, I don't know. I, I think I don't, it's, it all starts with following each other on Instagram because that's how we would I would message you and you would message me. I don't know how that ha- how that happened. Mm-hmm. And during that, or on the topic of Instagram, I you would encourage me to create a fake Instagram, a Finsta. Yeah. And then eventually you did the same. And then once we had our own accounts, we would post you know things personal about ourselves, and you would met Marina re- reply back and me to you. And then some way we would hang out by watching filipino movies yeah i don't know how anymore but we would hang out that way um i know can i say can yeah. i say it before you continue okay so hoffman is a theater is it amc or regal amc it's an amc theater in alexandria and he would post like oh because hoffman is one of those things um theaters that would show international films and so they would show a lot of like filipino films when it comes out and he would send me links like hey this is showing and maybe it's because he knew i wasn't born here he was like oh maybe angel would like this because she's filipino and she understands or something and so that's how we watch like filipino movies and theaters together is that like a good summary or yeah i think so um and then i remember one time you posted about watch wanting to watch How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. And then... No one responded but you. Except me. <laughs> yeah. And then when we went, I think, first of all, I, I think I found you cute. Like, during that whole time. <laughs> and so, you know, but I've, I was hanging out with his friends during that movie. But then you um asked me to boba right after... And for some reason, I took that as like, oh, you're interested. Oh, <laughs> well, the theater in Tyson's is close to teasing you, which is a boba place. And so it was more of like that was like the first time that I hung out with you, I guess, like one of the few first times that I hung out with you one on one. And I like to talk to people to get to know them. And I felt like the movie, you don't really talk at the movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, let's let's get boba. So that we can get to know each other. But I did not like you at the time. But I liked you like, I wanted to like you as a friend. So I wanted to get to know you. And then um, when we were at the, <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Cut that out. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I um, clear my throat a lot. So okay. I remember in teasing you, we were talking. And I guess the our conversation, I didn't really like your personality mm-hmm. there was a little bit that was like oh you barely know me but you want to go deeper than what our current friendship level was yeah so I, that was one aspect that i didn't like yeah mm. can i can i say something and then continue sorry yeah yeah that's how i am i don't know i am i'm pretty sure some people like find it intrusive but i really don't like like small talk so I, I like to challenge conversations by, like, 
digging deeper like oh why are you like that like when was the last time you were sad or something like that and that definitely like I don't know crosses lines for people that are not really comfortable speaking in that level of depth I guess and then yeah we were just like hanging out in other ways like I offered to carpool with you to Punchbowl Social one time Mm -hmm. and we hung out at McDonald's after and you would you know, ask those sorts of questions. Yeah, again. I asked you about religion. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, all right, let's go. Let's go home or something. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Momentum, which was this um, dance showcase oh, at Virginia Tech. Um, during the after party at our group's Airbnb, she got very drunk to the point that, I don't know, she was very, very vocal. Very vocal. Can I share what you said or no? No, yeah, for sure. She was like, oh, why don't you talk to me? You, wait, are you sure? You... Yeah, because I'm going to explain my perspective. And if ever it was like like a messed up thing to say, I own up to it anyway, so it's fine. You can say it. She was like, why don't you talk to me? You think you're, all, you think you're better than everyone. You're, you're arrogant. Something like that. Mm. Even though, you know, at the time, my reasoning was, oh, I don't really talk to anyone, really, mm. during dance practices. Yeah. Like, even if we do hang out privately in group settings, I just, I don't really say anything to anyone, really. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think you understood or, or accepted. Yeah. It was something foreign to you. Yeah. But then, you don't remember any of that. Yeah. Um, until you messaged me later in the, the next day, saying that you felt bad, that you don't remember what happened, but you, you, felt, you felt like you said or did something bad, mm-hmm. and then I just told you everything. And then you apologized. Um, and honestly, that apology just made me start liking you. Yeah, yeah, for some reason. Yeah. I like to joke that Ian liked me because he likes, like, bossy, mean people. <laughs> or, like, he likes tough love or something like that. Um, But because you were saying, like, oh, you're mean. That's why I started liking you or something. But I don't think I'm mean. I think, I think I'm just really blunt, um, especially with alcohol, like, whatever. But, yeah, continue. Um, yeah, I started liking her. And then I told her, you know, it's okay. Something like that. But she proceeded to be like, oh, I'm just going to disappear from your life altogether. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, can I say something after that? So, like, for me, I usually never am that opinionated because I know that, like, what I say... Like, you're like, oh, that's just in my head. Because, like, I'm a very anxious person. I feel like I've gotten better. But at the time, I was very anxious. And so when I drank a lot at that showcase after party, I guess all of my inner thoughts just came out. And I'll tell my side of the story, too, to why I resorted to those kinds of statements. It was not right at all. Um, But anyway, so then when he told me everything... Um, he said it in a very, like, matter-of-fact way. He was just like, 
do you really not remember? You told me this, you told me that, you told me that. First of all, you didn't even know me, so blah, blah, blah. And it was like, I've never had anyone talk to me in that straightforwardness before that I felt very bad about it. Like, I felt like I'm such a bad person that I made, like, I attacked this person. I don't even know the them. Because I think in your, when you were trying to explain to me what happened, you were like, you don't even know me. And you're saying all this stuff about me. And that's very true. But no one has ever talked to me that straightforward before. So I was like, damn, I, I suck. And so when I apologized, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I was probably projecting. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm so sorry. I really owned up to everything. But the fact that that happened, I just never had confrontation be like that before um, to a guy. Because usually guys are more careful and like forgiving to women sometimes. I was just like, I'm so embarrassed. I will never show my face again to this human. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign that we shouldn't, we're not compatible as friends because our personalities are so different. And so like things are letting me know. I'm sorry again. Like I, I'll, I'll start giving you space now or something like that. I remember I, after Momentum, I had to go home to Virginia Beach. And then I offered people on day one if I could pick up some Jollibee um, for people. No, you, you said Red Ribbon. You didn't offer anyone Jollibee. Oh, yeah, Red Ribbon. Which is, um, for everyone who doesn't know, it's a Filipino bakery chain. Mm-hmm. But then I, I saw she didn't um, respond or something, so then I privately messaged her asking if I could get her anything yeah um i forgot what you said but i ended up getting you some jollibee yeah i remember what i said i was like oh thank you so much i'm good though because that was me trying to distance myself i was like oh ian like reached out to me again i still feel bad about that one time i'm literally gonna like fade away from from his from his circle so even when you were trying to reach out and offer something i was like oh thank you i'm good have fun i was like that like dismissive yeah, but I kept trying to, like, get you to... Yeah, because you already liked me, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think at one point, I wanted to, like, drop off all this stuff at your family's place and then have your family be like, oh, who's that? Yeah, you're trying who's to, like, pull through, pull, pull through or pull out. No, what? <laughs> you're pull up. You were trying to pull up and, like, you know, be this guy with Jollibee and have good like leave a good impression yeah but that didn't work out because you were on a family camping trip in shenandoah and so we had to coordinate when i would drop things off and then you said oh you can just pick or you can just drop it off later on in the week but i was very adamant about coming over now so you left early from your parents camping trip and you were the only one in the house so i was like oh this doesn't really leave the mark that i wanted (laughs) But um, <clears throat> it ended up that I pulled up, you opened the door, I handed you the bags, and, and then, then I you, left. Yeah, you ran straight to your car. I was like, you I didn't, didn't even... I didn't know, I didn't. No, but you like walked with a purpose. No, it's I'm more like I didn't know what to do, so. Yeah. I just sat in my car, and then you closed the door, and then texted me if you if I wanted to come in. <laughs> while you're already in the car. <laughs> yeah. And then you offered me mango floats. We're just, yeah, it's just the float. both of us in your mm-hmm. parents' dining room. Yeah, mango float is a Filipino dessert. It's like mango slices, cream, and graham crackers. Really good. Yeah. I don't remember a conversation there, but 
I eventually left later on. And then on my drive home, while I'm driving, you said that you liked me. And then I, you know, got all excited, messaged my, my other friends. Yeah. Um, and I sort of d- delayed responding the sa- responding to you, saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I eventually told you the same thing. Yeah. And that's, I remember the text because um, <laughs> I guess I'll tell my side, but just so that 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 portion of the story closes out, um, I think maybe deep down I was like, there was something about you that was very intriguing because I've never met anyone like you where you were like introverted, but you were also like very okay with just being like that in social spaces. And I feel like that's what I aspired to be, but I'm like a people pleaser where if I'm in a social space, I just feel like I have to like match people's levels and stuff. So it was always intriguing to have someone that's very true to themselves. So maybe that was something intriguing about you, but I never connected the dot that I liked you. And then when you went into my house and dropped off stuff, I just remember opening up the door and seeing you at Jollibee. And I was like, wait, is was is Ian, has Ian always been this cute? Like, because I never thought at all, like physically. Like, I told you I've had other crushes and I, you are not one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Can I say who? No, oh. you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, what else? And then, so we ate, like, mango float. And then you drove. It, you were very respectful. You were just, like, I don't know. Like, it just kind of made me see you in a different light for some reason. Because we weren't watching a movie. We weren't at a party. You were just over at my house. And then... So that's when I really felt like the calmness that you have. And that's one of the things I like about our relationship, like the calmness that you have. Um, and so when you left after that, I texted my friend and I was like, yo, I'm about to do something. I'm about to say I like this person like right now. And then Claudette, um, who I, was t- I texted at the time, she was just like, do it. If she said don't do it, I probably wouldn't have because it's very impulsive of me. I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm very impulsive. Um, but yeah, I was just like, fuck it. You know, if he rejects me, that's fine. I'm not attached to this idea anyway. So if he rejected me, I can just move on easy. But then you're like reciprocated. You responded like, oh, ha ha ha, me too. And then, yeah. And then I was like, oh. And then I remember you saying like, oh, I guess we should go on a date or something. Yeah, that was by direction of uh, one of my friends. Yeah. Okay, just to fill in my perspective, I wanted Ian to share his side because I feel like when I talk about it with friends, it's always like through my side and I feel like his side paints me in a different way and I like that because it gives like a balanced side. But just to add my perspective to the whole thing, it won't be like super long. But for me, I one of the things I dislike is like people that are not consistent (laughs) like so what Ian would do is like he would message me like send me memes he would send me like video um, movie trailers of Filipino shows and stuff so then we would be talking like online but then when we show up in public spaces like in dance practices and social events he would not not even say hi to me he literally would just not acknowledge me and 
from a person that joined a dance crew where I didn't know anyone. I really thought that like, yes, finally, like I, I've met like a genuine friend out of this dance crew. And so for me, it kind of broke my heart in a friendship way to be like, oh, I thought I invested time and connection to this person. I was really happy to not feel like an outcast finally because Ian is my friend now and to show up to practice and you not even say hi to me. It was just really like, oh, I thought I had a friend that I could talk to, but I guess I guess I'm so a newbie or something like that. So that's why I kind of took it personally. But like that was my own journey, obviously. And now I'm like friends with like everyone in the crew. But at the time, I really held a lot of importance in the connection that you and I had because I didn't have any friends really in the crew at the time. Well, I think looking back now, I think I could have said something to you in person yeah like you didn't you didn't say anything at all like you, you know like sometimes like when someone would come into the room they'd be like hi or just wave you wouldn't wave like you wouldn't say hi you wouldn't look even when we're next to each other you would just pretend that I wasn't there and a little bit of me was like oh maybe he just has like social anxiety maybe he's shy but then you would talk to me on the phone or like, through text or privately very normal so I was just like, oh, what, what is it about, like, dance practices where everyone's around that makes you act different? And so maybe when I was drunk during Momentum, I was, like, frustrated because you're inconsistent. It, it was shyness, honestly, but I don't yeah. think that that's the best or that was the right thing to, to act. Yeah. I also feel like in the text you were like, Oh, that's why I haven't been talking to you in practices because I actually like Loki liked you. But the thing was, um, you know, I have receipts because, you know, all of this is online, like on Messenger history, chat history. But I remember even a long time ago, I was like, oh, do you like me or something? That's why you're shy as a joke. And you were like, nah. Like, I, I'm just very blunt. So like when I feel like I'm allowed to make jokes like that, I do. And I remember you saying like, what? No, I don't like you. Which I didn't. Yeah. But then f for some reason, when we confessed our likeness to each other, you were like, well, that's the reason why I didn't talk to you because I kind of liked you or something. Uh, I don't know. But you agree that there's receipts. You agree? I, I agree, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, how come your intentions and your text messages don't match? But yeah, that's how we started. And then... Yeah, I don't really know. I'm very impulsive. So, like, it's very hard for me to like someone. Because when I like someone, it's because, like, I definitely, it's not like a hookup thing. It's like, oh, I like you because I see a partnership in it. So, it's very rare for me to like someone. But as soon as, like, that, that, like, switch flips, I'm very fast to act about it. Like, I'm, I'm okay with being the one to say it first. And I did say it first, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we're here, and we just celebrated our third-year anniversary. Yeah, you about to say 30? 30-year anniversary yesterday, so cheers. Clink. But, yeah, it's not a romantic, like, it's not a cute meet or something, right? It's like, it wasn't a very romantic way to come together. <clears throat> no, it was, I was, uh, budding heads come together. Yeah, because we're so different. Honestly, I had this uh, thought one time 
before you ever confess that before that uh, after party mm-hmm. like i would complain about you to, to people yeah but um but i also had this thought of like oh what if um what if i had a child <laughs> what if what if i end up actually end up with angel mm. and we had a child mm-hmm. and that child said how did you meet mm-hmm. i could say oh we didn't like each other you know like yeah that's so weird that you you like daydream about that about people you don't like because you said you talk smack about me and other people no i didn't daydream it's more like oh like what if this is a sign yeah <laughs> yeah interesting yeah that was like when you told me that you talked badly about me to other people it really kind of like stressed me out because it was like yeah i get it because you know you have friends and you like rant about people you dislike like that's very normal Mm -hmm. but i think at the time because the people that you would talk about me to were also in our dance crew and i didn't know anyone in my head i was just like oh i'm never gonna make friends because Ian's spreading these things. And obviously, like, the way you would say it is very biased to you. So I was like, oh, my God, this sucks. And I, that also kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I don't like people talking badly about other people. But I think that was just you trying to get emotional support from your peers or something. Yeah, because I felt, like, um, mistreated or something like that. Yeah somehow um i am yeah i think like us starting there if anything just shows that we were we're very different people like even if we mean well i think it comes out differently because i'm very straightforward i'm very blunt i'm very communicative but you are very observant and like reflective and not talkative right yeah um <clears throat> we talked about this before but back then you just had this expectation of people should be a little bit like you yeah but then on the other which you're better now but i <laughs> think you. now for me i could have been more friendly yeah back then yeah so yeah I think from my perspective, it wasn't that, like, I had super high expectations to anyone. I think everyone in the crew met those expectations. Like, they were friendly. They were welcoming. But there was just something about you that was a bit off. And it's not that, like, oh, Angel expects everyone to be as excited and as friendly as her. No, my standards for everyone's the same. You were just so different from that. I guess, like, for me, I gravitate towards, like, friendlier people because they make me feel, like, more at ease. And because you weren't friendly in the social setting, like, you were not like, hey, how are you? How's how's this? How's that? Like, you literally wouldn't be talking. I saw that as, like, what's, wait, this is different. It's not bad. It was just like, whoa, I've never had that. But it, it also didn't come off that you were, like, mean. So that was like a mystery. Like, you're not mean. You're not rude. You're very like, you give a calmness to the environment. But for some reason, you just weren't like talking in a friendly way. So it was just like such a mystery to me. 
Yeah, my whole personality is like neutrality. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, so that's like interesting. How do you think you've changed from when we started dating in 2019 to now? Because we are so different. Mm. Can I have more guiding questions? Um, okay, I can't really speak for you because like I don't really think about you like that. But can I share my side and then I'll maybe like open okay, up? Okay, yeah. Um, I think before, and maybe this will make sense to why I was like had expectations in relationships. Um, I think before I just expected to be treated with like like a princess to the point where like it's not even equal partnership anymore. It's like. I think because I went through a lot of struggles in my past relationships, I was like, this time, this relationship, I deserve to be, like, treated at most, like, I don't know, whatever. And But your your boundaries were really strong from the start. So you would be like, I'm not going to do that for you. I'm not going to do that. But I think, so that for me was, like, triggering because I was like, no, I want to be treated like a princess or whatever. So I think now, three years I think you actually give in more. Like, you're like, oh, like, I'm going to do this for her because it's her love language. Or like, I, it's naturally, I'm naturally not an expressive person, but you write a lot of, like, letters to me and stuff like that. So I feel like as much as you were kind of, like, hesitant to be uncomfortable and because you didn't want me to change you or something, I feel like now you do more things that are not naturally something you would do so that you can like express love in the way I receive it well would you agree yeah it all started with um you yeah like you said you wanted to have someone that that acted in a traditionally chivalrous way yeah like the stereotypical chivalrous actions yeah like holding a bag yeah. Opening the door. Like opening a car door. Um and then me at the time I don't know, I just I I didn't understand chivalry. Mm. Honestly, I still kind of don't. But, <laughs> um I was more of a well we're partners were so we're equal, like so that means why why do I hold that bag for you when you can do it? Like it's near you at the table. Um so like what's stopping you from holding that bag? Like I just d- didn't see a reason yeah to hold that bag. Yeah. Um But yeah, I think over time it's more like that defensiveness just went away mm. it's more like more like oh she, she she just likes these things so yeah, i'm gonna do that or yeah. or a certain way she wants um love to be expressed um okay yeah i need to remind myself to try to do that because yeah. that's what she likes yeah that's really it yeah did you think of something now or <laughs> No, no, um, honestly, no. But okay. you brought that out. Yeah, which I, I feel didn't think like, of. I feel like maybe it paints you in like a 
not negative light because I think in society as much as like we preach for equalness in in like gender roles when relationships come into play there is still some sort of like oh men are providers men need to be the strength and stuff like that and as much as that is a traditional way and we're all progressive now there is still a little bit of me that's like it's not about me being a woman and I told you this too before I was like it's not about me being a woman that I want to be treated this way this is just like how I want to be loved and so if you agree to be in this relationship these are my needs and if you don't agree with it then we don't have to be together but if you agree to be here then these are what you need to do because that's part of the role like part of what I need from a partner Mm -hmm. yeah so I think outside of it being like oh all girls need someone to carry their stuff it's like no because some girls don't need that but for me I think I had to change the way I phrased it for you to get it because before I was like oh no guys are supposed to do that yeah you you did phrase things in that way yeah like like you're supposed to yeah like you're supposed to do that like that's chivalrous but i think when i start to frame it as like ian i want you to do these things because that's how i feel cared for that's how i feel like you're attentive to my needs and so i think when i framed it to that because like you don't you don't own i mean you don't owe the entire female population anything so i think maybe it was hard for you to grasp that like oh you're supposed to treat treat like this is just a given but once i attached me which you cared for because you cared about me maybe that's when you were like oh yeah that makes a lot more sense because like i care about you and i should like do all of that i don't know yeah i agree yeah um maybe this is like a different opinion from that but i still feel like even if you're not dating anyone you still should offer assistance but maybe that's because i'm like that too like even if it's a guy and he's having a hard time carrying something i will carry it yeah, that's one thing that I'm. I find myself a little bit more different now. Um, just being around you and your friends, who are very um, helpful. Yeah. Um, and sort of selfless. Yeah. Um, I find myself um, pushing myself to be that way yeah. in little ways too. Um, yeah, I know. Growing up, my mom would come home with groceries and then, you know, she would always call me self or not selfish, but like, you need to help. You need to help. Yeah. And that was a constant reminder. And I don't think that carried over into my adult life until being around you and your friends. Yeah. I think that's just a natural thing. Like you, you become the people you surround yourself. But yeah, that's interesting. I like had a couple of questions. Um, this is really random, but I wanted to talk about how we argue. <laughs> so the theme of season three is like authenticity. And I, for one, really like hearing how other couples argue because I feel like it's something that we don't really talk about. It's like shamed on about shamed upon. Because I feel like relationships from outside looking in, you have to appear like this put together, like meant to be partner or it's a meant to be partnership. But I think conflict will arise because conflict arises even internally within yourself. So obviously you can have conflict with other people. And because we're so different, 
I really want to share how we argue because we're different. Do you want to start? I think um, for me in the beginning, um, because before dating you, I would listen to all these relationship podcasts of how to behave mm-hmm. and during conflict and whatnot. I started off in this relationship being very like patient and non impulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's say if we had an argument and you keep going on and on via message, like, yeah, keep, like for in my perspective, making yourself angrier. Yeah. And so I I felt like oh this is getting out of hand and I'm not really saying I'm not even saying anything really mm-hmm. so I I just had to say like let's talk about this like later or in person via like in a call or something Facetime yeah um so that it's better talk through yeah yeah I remember being that way in the beginning. Um, but then as like time went on, other things happened, you know, you get more comfortable when your partner starts be starts to become like family mm-hmm. or you become so used to them that they're almost like family. Yeah. And I don't know if this is saying, this is a saying, but you tend to like treat your family worse than like your friends or r- random people. Yeah. I don't know why, but you just don't have that filter, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like I started getting tired, more f- comfortable and familiar with you, and I, I um, became more... Uh, like reactive. Reactive, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, you actually started improving in how you conduct yourself in, uh, in an argument. Yeah. And then which... And then you started reminding me of better ways to conduct myself. And I've been um, trying to be less reactive in in arguments. Yeah. I think one of the things I remember the most um, that I was like, oh, this is so interesting, is that like when you would fight, like what you mentioned before, I've gotten so much better now because like I had PTSD from my other relationships. I carried, like, the negative habits from that to this relationship in the beginning. I would, like, like, make really long messages, like, texts. I don't know, like, yeah, like what you said. I think you typing all of that and, like, you only talking to yourself about a two-person conflict is you fueling your own fire to be more angry because all you're doing is validating your own side. And so I, like, always message long. And then I remember you wouldn't even respond. you just call me. And you'd be like, can we talk about this? Even if you were busy, even if you were at work, you would, like, go out to the parking lot or something and call or something like that. And I have never, like, gotten that type of reaction before because usually I just wait until they respond a very long message still. But I think that really was a good, like, exposure to a different way to approach when you're like in a heightened sense of emotion 
because even though you you don't fully understand me by you trying to reach out in another way which is like de-escalating by saying like hey let's just talk about it even that's a very validating experience i think and you're not trying to like argue you're just trying to be like this this formatting of arguing which is texting doesn't work and so can we talk like talk about it some other way just to then you know obviously what you're saying like when you're in a relationship you get more comfortable you're not like in your best behavior anymore because you're more like yourself the good and the bad you became more reactive and like defensive almost but I think because you showed me that way in the beginning I started to carry that role now I think where I'm like hey just talk to me when you're not mad anymore or like I don't like where this conversation is going so Think about it some more, and then when you feel okay, then come talk to me or something. I feel like we we learn to de-escalate when we know that it's not worth it. Oh, that's what I always say now. I always tell you when you're, like, heightened in a heightened sense. I always talk to you, and I'm like, is this worth it? If it's worth it, I'm willing to sit here and have a... Because, you know, fighting for me, I don't like fighting because it's like... I just don't... I feel like for me, I I can tolerate more so i'm just like it's not worth it usually like if something bothers me i'm usually like it's not worth it let me just like per like let me just like think about it some more by myself and make sense of it on my own but then when you something bothers you you usually complain about it or you talk about it and sometimes to me it doesn't feel like it's worth fighting about um so i usually tell you like Personally, for me, this is not worth fighting about. But if you believe it's worth fighting about, or I guess like not fighting, but like communicating about, then sure. But I feel like even me asking that helps you like check yourself. Like, is this worth it? Are you willing to spend this whole hour being not happy? If so, I respect that and we will go through it. But if you believe that it's just a in like a reactionary thing then maybe that's something you need to deal with on your own or something ian told me when i was like asking him to be in this podcast i was like i'm gonna have like structured questions maybe and he's like can we just have a conversation do you think this is a conversation do you think it's like an interview no i think um it's a conversation you just have like a little little I don't know how to say it. Little markers, little. It's like a good, like a stru- like skeleton. Yeah. Yeah, but I think what I'm trying to say is that arguments will always happen, but I like that we know that the first thing to do is to de-escalate. Either. Maybe not together, because I feel like arguments are sourced by something that one person will always be in a heightened emotion, and that's why you talk about it, right? Because someone is, like, mad or something. Because everyone is like, okay, then why talk about it? But I think at least we know, we we identify that, like, oh, this is not just a regular conversation. There's, like, some emotional heightened root of it, and so we need to de-escalate so it becomes a conversation. And also, like, one of my pet peeves is, like, people raising their voices. And that's just with me and anyone because I just don't like people raising their voices. 
I think it doesn't add anything. It doesn't add value to any type of argument. And so I always tell you when you raise your voice, like, you should raise, you should decrease, uh, you should um, lower it. And I think your pet peeve is also like people talking over you. And so when you notice that I talk over you, you're like, can you not talk over me, please? Or something like that. So at least we know how to de-escalate somehow. Or at least we try. We're not always successful, but. Yeah, I think you've gotten better at um the interruption portion. I think you, that happened a lot more in the beginning. Yeah. Um. But yeah, my pet, fee- my pet <laughs> peeve is being interrupted. Because mm-hmm. for me, it feels like, like where, where's my voice in like all dismissive. this? Like dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, this is not a partnership anymore if I can't even speak. Mm-hmm. Or if you cut me off and I can't finish yeah. what I'm saying. What if the end of my sentence answers your... Interruption. Answers your interruption. Yeah. Yeah. A fun fact about that, though, just, like, adding a little context, is that people interrupt... Or you feeling being interrupted might not be perceived by the other person as interruption because everyone has their own way of perceiving time. Well, for me, it's like if it does, if you can't imagine them talking, if you can't imagine, um, if it doesn't seem like there's a period at the end of what they're saying, then you wait. Yeah, if, but okay. if it if it if they're still what do you call it in English? Like if if they're still in the the participle, I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. Know. If they're still like saying a verb, yeah. And there's no, yeah. If they're still like saying a verb, then that means they're still going on. Yeah, yeah. So, but there there is a research, and I'm not here negating your. I I understand. Um. There is the research that says that like different people perceive time differently, which makes it seem like they're they might be interrupting or overtaking conversations. I I might have to cite it in this podcast episode because I don't want y'all to think I'm making it up. But yeah, like people in New York speak faster and their pauses are shorter than like people in California or in Hawaii or like in different cultures. So like if a Californian, let's say, would talk and then their pauses seems normal to them, in a New Yorker might be like, oh, they're done talking. And then they come and, and like, do their side. Um, but then the Californians would be like, why did this person interrupt me? I was still talking. But the, but the New Yorker might be like, oh, they were done talking because the pause was too long. Um, but anyway, I think to go back to our relationship... I think what I noticed, too, throughout, like, the three years that we've been together is that, for me, I express in very long-winded ways, and then you express in fragmented fragmented ways. So, like, you would say, like, a statement, and then you would, like, internalize. Like, you pause for a very long time, and then you would say something again. But for me, I talk, like... I talk like a paragraph, and then after I speak of my paragraph, I, I'm done, and then I expect to get a paragraph from you, but you don't communicate that way. I don't think that way. Yeah, you don't think that way, and we think the way we speak. 
So, like, I feel like even in this podcast, like, the fact that I have a podcast means I can talk nonstop forever. And so I think maybe the interruption, I really had to actively make that a goal. Because even when you would say, like, I'm interrupting you, wholeheartedly in my head, I was like, I, I didn't even know. Like, I really felt like that pause was long enough. Like, too long, actually. Um, but obviously, there's some, there's some statements when you're, like, leading into a statement, then I wait. But some of your statements, they do kind of feel like it was already, like, end, ended. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know I, your previous statement. I'm, I don't know about, I'm not quite sure about that. But I do know um, now, you know, your, your communication has definitely improved. You don't really interrupt anymore. Yeah. I don't, I don't even notice. Or I do notice, but I don't remember. And then for me, I tried to, so I used to, like, if I didn't have anything to say, I just wouldn't say anything. Mm-hmm. But now I try to at least say like, oh, I don't have anything to say instead of actually not saying anything. Yeah. I used to like think that you not saying anything would drive me crazy. Because like I mentioned, when I express, I express in like very long, like it's a it's like a soliloquy almost like a monologue. And so when I'm like, nice, I express everything. Okay, your turn. You wouldn't say anything. I'm like. I'm gonna be crazy right now because I feel like even if you disagree with someone even if you have nothing to say just like the verbal like me hearing your voice it is a valid it's validating to know that like at least you heard me like you listened to me or something like I'm heard here um Aldwin who was in this podcast um he was in an episode last season about introvertedness he also thinks like that where he processes things before he speaks but even he he also learned to be like even if i have nothing to say i still have to give that verbal cue of what's going on in my mind or else like my partner might assume something completely different so i think that helps even you saying like can you give me a little bit time to think or something helps i also feel like now in our relationship we don't really fight about big things i think are you are you okay if I share like a fight that I remember recently, like this year? Okay. We fought about toilet paper. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think when I was younger, I I felt fights had to be like serious, like like we're about to break up and we fight, like someone cheated and we fought fought like something like oh you you are alcoholic and we fought or something like that, or like you. Like, you know, assaulted me or you you fought or something. But it's interesting to know that, like, fights could be small too, but just as important. Like, that toilet paper fight actually was a big deal to me. (laughs) Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Can I give them background information? Okay, yeah. So, Ian, when he... The way Ian is as a host is that when I'm at his house, he basically is like a housewife he cooks for me after we finish eating he cleans up i don't have to do anything because that's just how he wants when he has people over in his house um meanwhile for me i think you still have to (laughs) i still use if you're at my house you still need to do the minimum of like 
oh, clean after yourself somehow. Not not like a guest, but Ian's not a guest anymore. He's like my partner. And so he's in my house often. And so actually he's in my apartment more than I am in his apartment. So because of that, my logic is like, hey, you need to pull your weight here. You need to like clean a little bit. You need to tidy up, blah, blah, blah. So there's one time when he was in my house and his pet peeve is, am I allowed to say your pet peeve in the bathroom? Um, I don't think that's a pet peeve. Or like that's just like what you need. Um, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, go ahead. So he needs, so Filipinos, sometimes if you don't have toilet paper, we just use water. Like we use like a bucket and water. Like that's how I grew up because I was in a third world country. So we didn't have toilet paper. Um, He would, he needs toilet paper. Like even if there's like paper towel, no. Like he will not use the bathroom like number two unless there's toilet paper. And he basically was like really early and he was like, I need toilet paper. And I was still so sleepy that I was like, no. I'm not getting it to you because I'm so sleepy and I went back to sleep. And you was you really took that like in a very bad way. Like you were really mad about that because you were like, I remember when you needed contacts and I left my place just so I can get you like contact solution at 2 a.m. or something. And you can't even give me toilet paper at 7 a.m. Um, so, yeah, like I think that fight escalated to be like a really big thing. But still now I laugh because it's about toilet paper. But it it actually is more than that. It's about you feeling reciprocated. Like it's you feeling cared for. Yeah, it's about principles. Yeah. Like I don't know. Like I'm at your place, so like, can you like care for me or like accommodate me since yeah. I'm at your place? Yeah. And I had to kind of understand that because I was really focused on like, bro, it's toilet paper. Like, can you ch- can you chill? Like, it's toilet paper. Can I sleep? Um, but I think in hindsight, it was you being like, I care for you when you're at my home. I expect the same when I'm here. Um, and that's just something that I have to, I can't change about you. I just have to accept that that's how you are. And so now it's like that. Lo- the next time I ran out of toilet paper, my heart started pounding. <laughs> When you, cause like recently my toilet paper ran out and he was like, you don't have toilet paper. And I was like, oh, are we going to fight again? But then I was just like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll just ask my roommate to take some of hers. <laughs> cause I do not want to fight about toilet paper again. Uh, I don't know. It just seems odd to be like, to be like, oh, I'm at your place. Um, and then I have to go get toilet paper. Yeah. It just seems odd. Yeah, but I think I remember in that conversation, I even told you, like, you're in my place more than I'm at your place. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I don't treat you as a guest anymore. I treat you as, like, honestly, you shower in my place a lot, too. I'm like, mm, should I sh- start charging this person? Like, it was to a point where, like, if you're in my place 40% of the time, you're not a guest anymore. And so I think guests privileges should be taken a little bit and now you act like we live together Mm, yeah i wasn't thinking that way because i was like if you ever like be in my house and you like drop your clothes anywhere or like you don't clean up in in public spaces like in my head i was like that's disrespectful to my roommate who also lives here for you to have your your stuff everywhere in my apartment 
like maybe I can tolerate it, but we all have to be sensitive to the this other person. So that's why I tell you like, hey, can you pick that up and put it in my room at least and stuff like that? Because you're if you're here this many times, I don't have I don't only have to think about it from me tolerating it. It's also like my other roommate who's not dating you has to tolerate this too. So we have to be sensitive about that. But yeah, I just remember that toilet paper fight. I'm just like, wow, like I've never thought that the biggest argument of the year for me in relationships would be about toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um is there another big fight? Fight that you want to share? The most recent one? I don't even remember that. I remember it. And I think actually it gives a good lesson about how I am as a person. Am I allowed to say it? I feel like that's a very private thing for you. Are you okay to share that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So basically I just got a new job and I was really stressed because I was I was having computer problems because you know you work from home and you need your laptop. Um and I'm one of those people at work that I just feel like you know sometimes it's like oh like your manager would be like oh it's fine like everyone has computer problems like I don't like making mistakes at work I, I make everything a big deal at work like I want to do my best at work so basically in the morning I was having computer problems and I felt really guilty because I couldn't log in and like do work um and then in the morning Ian decided to work with me in my apartment and so he was working in the dining room I was working in my room and he came into the room and he was like hey do you have time and when I when you said that I was just like still stressed about my computer but I was like okay let me just not deal with this computer thing right now and listen to you and Ian was sad because he do you want to say it I don't remember I don't remember how it happened um you were just sad because you were like I'm just sad because I don't think I have like any friends except for my dog um and that's a very like vulnerable thing to say because I think a lot of people are very prideful that they're not going to admit that. But because you told that, I was just like, damn, now I have to like listen to you and like be with you and empathize and com- be compassionate in, in this moment with you. But I think like what was unfair for you is that when you said, are you free? I lied. Like, are you, can you hear me out? And I said like, oh yeah, for sure. I, I'm free. I wasn't because my brain was distracted by the stress at work. And so when Ian started to talk about his feelings, about him not having, like, any friends and, like, being hard to socialize and stuff like that, I started to become more of a solution person. I started to be like, well, do you do this? Like, I feel like you always say that, but then you don't do anything about it. And and I feel like that was a very, very invalidating experience for him. Um, is there anything I'm missing? Or is that pretty accurate? Well, I don't know if you remember the specifics, but um, like the specifics of what you said. But um, for me, um, yeah, you're right. It was very invalidating. It was more of you don't do this, you don't do that. But I just wanted um, just like that emotional comfort. Yeah. Or even if she wanted to provide a solution, not be as blunt about it yeah just be soft about it yeah like um well i think you can do this well maybe we can do that yeah um 
Yeah. Yeah. I think in hindsight, what really happened there, because I am capable of being soft and stuff like that, is that I actually was not free emotionally to hear you at the time. Because I think my frustration with my work, my whole computer problem bled in to where I wasn't as patient as I should have because I because I was still like, oh my gosh, it's like 10 a.m. and I'm still not logged, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that actually bled into that conversation, which made me feel more agitated and I wasn't able to give you the softness that you needed. Um, basically, after that, he didn't take my solutions like lightly. He took it personally. Like, he was sad, like hurt that I didn't give him comfort. And so he was just like, you know what? Forget it. And he walked away. And then we just started walking separately. But because I was already having problems with my computer and because I felt so frustrated that I that now there seems to be tension between us, I started to have a panic attack. And I started crying. And I I was mad because, like, the IT couldn't fix my laptop. And I was just like, nothing's going right this morning. And I was sad and I was crying. But I, like, kept it quiet because he couldn't see me in my room anyway. But I knew that somehow you heard me, right? Like, for sure you knew. Um, And it hurt me that you, you didn't come to comfort me. But then in your head, it was like, well, she didn't comfort me. So why would I come comfort her or something? And would you agree that that was your thought process? Yeah, at the time, there, there, there was a little bit of like conflict, but more so I thought like I came to her asking for, you know, all vulnerable and asking for for some emotional support, and I really did not get that. Yeah. So why? Why would I even go there? Mm-hmm. And then I also thought, oh, this is also like a normal thing. Like, why would I? Either for someone who wasn't there for me. Yeah. I think that's a a normal reaction people do to others. Yeah, yeah. But there was a bit of conflict because. I don't know. I think just being with you puts the pressure on me to just to be a I don't know, how do I say it? Just be a, not be the better person, just be selfless, mm-hmm. something like I don't know the words. Yeah. Like just be a bigger like the bigger, bigger person. person. Yeah, bigger person. Yeah. So basically after that it just all kind of like became a very <laughs> ten there's a lot of tension in the apartment like he ate by himself like first of all we always eat together during lunch no matter what like he would even wait until like 2 30 p.m until eating lunch just so that we can eat together like if our meetings don't align but he just decided to eat by himself and all of that and i took that even personally too like first of all i didn't get the comfort when i was getting through this and then now he's gonna eat alone like, he, for me, in my perspective, he was adding fuel to the fire. So long story short, how I am is, like, I understand that I really didn't comfort you. I understand that the source came from me. Like, I understand that I started the tension because I became a solution-focused um, comforter more than, like, a, an authentic comforter. And so I apologized. 
But then after I apologize, I'm the kind of person that like, I apologize, now you have to apologize for what you did. But Ian didn't understand what he did to hurt me. And so because he didn't apologize for not comforting me, like I apologized to him for like, I'm sorry if I, I was really overwhelmed. Like I shouldn't have even like comforted you if I knew I wasn't able to. I didn't have the capacity to, but I did. And it bled through in the way I comforted you. I apologized authentically, but then Ian was like, okay. But he didn't apologize about him not comforting me when I was like crying. And then him eating alone when he knew that we don't eat alone. Um, And that really made me upset because as much as it's my fault for that portion, I think you still need to apologize for your portion always. But it it was it took you a moment to process what you actually did to hurt me. Because for me, it's like, um, well, first of all, I didn't just eat alone. I still made you food. Yeah, <laughs> but no, the food thing was not the point. We eat together. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was hard for me to apologize because it's like, uh, oh, you want me to apologize for not being the bigger person? You want me to apologize even though it's understandable that I didn't want to come for you because you did me wrong? Yeah. It's like, that's that's something, that's hard to apologize for. Yeah. Because you weren't the... Because what you did was because of the other person. Yeah. So I think that's like how we're different. Because for me, when Ian wrongs me and then fight like snowballs from there. So like when you make me mad first, then I'm mad and I do something to hurt you second. And then it becomes like back and forth. When you apologize to me, I always say, "Um, thank you. I'm also honestly, I'm sorry that I did this after. Because for me, it's like, if a fight is just one person doing bad, it wouldn't be a fight. It'd just be you looking crazy all by yourself, being mad on your own. But a fight happens because it's a back and forth thing. Like, it builds up because there's an action reaction. So fights, for me, it's a personal opinion. Both people need to apologize always. And because he didn't apologize, I really took that personally because... How I am too, because Ian's a very like equal opportunity kind of person. He's like, well, I you didn't do this, so I won't do this. For me, if if I have the capacity, I will always apologize first. I will always admit wrong first. From my past experiences, being a bigger person solves problems quicker. And I just don't have the time to not be a bigger person. And so... It really made me super upset that he didn't know how to apologize to me. I actually don't even remember how we made up. <laughs> Do you remember? Well, I just, um, I don't know. I just had a, a change of perspective of even though I don't quite understand um, why she feels hurt, I just, um, she just feels hurt, so I should apologize for that. Yeah, you should always apologize for at least acknowledging the hurt that you caused. And then 
you can make sense of the why later, I think. Because you don't understand how powerful it is to just hear, like, oh, I'm sorry that you're hurt. It actually makes a lot of difference to, like, people. I think that made me learn a lot about... Because for me, I don't know how you take fights, but I hate fighting. So when when we fight, I always have to learn something from it so that I don't make that mistake the next time. I'm like, I hold myself to high accountability with arguments. So, for example, the toilet paper fight, I learned from there, like, I need to respect how, how Ian, ex- like, wants to be cared for. And if that means I get a little uncomfortable by waking up super early to get toilet paper for him because that's how he wants to be loved, I will give that to him because that's what partnership is, sacrifices. So I was like, okay, next time, because he, you do that to me, you know, like, you go wake up 2 a.m., get me contact lens solution then i will do that for you back um so i learned to be more like that like love should be every time even if it's uncomfortable or even when it's hard to give um because love is very easy to give and everything is all happy and easy so i was like okay maybe that was the universe telling me no you need to love when it's even when it's hard for you to do and then for the whole like that fight about me apologizing and you not apologizing. I think what I learned for me was that I should never say I'm able to hear you if I have my own problems. Because I won't give you 100% of my attention and a lot of my problems might even bleed into how I treat you. And and I feel like that whole fight could have been avoided. If I just told you, hey, I'm so sorry you're going through something, I don't have the capacity to hear you out. But did you, what did you process from all of those arguments? Um, I think for me, it's like um, I could compromise a little bit because your, your reasoning for not getting the toilet paper was you just want to sleep. Well, <laughs> it was early. Yeah, it was 7 a.m. Early. But yeah, I, I guess my compromise would be oh, I can wait. A little bit more instead of being so um like you want it now yeah like impatient and a movable rock like i i want it now mm-hmm. um yeah what about the apology one um for that one it's more like like really try to think outside of yourself like yeah although you don't understand he's hurt by that yeah she deserves an apology whether you understand or not yeah Long story short, this is like a pretty long episode, but I think what I wanted to get at by talking about these arguments, as much as like my arguments with my past relationships have been way more extreme, I think for me, I just want to learn from the argument because the argument is literally there because something is still needing to be addressed either by within yourself or with a partnership i feel like arguments with people that have like mutual respect mutual trust with everything as healthy as it can possibly be to a certain extent they're actually signs that like oh there's still areas that we can be better as as people not even like as partners like both all of our arguments has made me be better either like give love even when it's hard and also like set boundaries for myself and respect my boundaries and saying I can't hear you out right now because I'm overwhelmed myself I, 
if even if I don't learn something new every time there's an argument, I get reminded of what I'm still lacking every time there's an argument. Um, I wanted to share something. Not pe- not a lot of people know about us going to couples therapy. <laughs> I don't think it was very eventful. It wasn't, but I think I learned a lot from it. The first six months of our relationship, we went to couples therapy because I have PTSD from my old relationship. And so I had a lot of trauma built up that when we started dating, you kind of had to deal with a lot of things that you didn't do. I feel like I, I reacted as if Ian was the same as this other person I used to date, but he was not. He was different. And it was not fair for you to be experiencing that. So, but I don't think you understood that it was not as easy as you think when someone has PTSD. But then Ian also has like his own like struggles mentally, which I'll give, give it to him to share if he's comfortable. If not, it's fine. I have OCD. Um, that was told to me by a therapist. Um, and I'm sharing that just so that maybe someone listening would find comfort if they also have that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, at the time, I was um, going through things that are new with that, I think, maybe. And that, I, that wasn't... Um, a good mix with what she was going through at that time. Yeah. So the in the beginning of our relationship was very rough. Until like that first almost majority of the first year was very rough. Like not constant fighting, but like maybe once every other week or I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, also for people who don't know like, I think my perspective of OCD, I really minimized it before I met you because it's very easy for people to just throw that term around. Like, oh, OCD, just like things clean. Yeah, um, OCD is not, it's not necessarily actions that you see in media. There's also um, just a pure mental aspect, yeah, which is invisible and you don't see. Yeah, OCD is like, those like um physical manifestations like cleaning that's just one aspect there's other pure mental ones where like for example or for pure mental ocd things it's like every certain thoughts like really mean something when um they don't they don't do or they don't actually mean anything yeah. Um. So you get constantly worried that they do. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think your OCD kind of trickle through like intrusive thoughts. And so like for me in my relationship, in my PTSD, I really wanted you to like be super honest. I was like, I get anxiety when you hide things from me. But because your intrusive thoughts like make you feel guilty of like hiding things, you overshare to me to the point where it hurts me. Like, you know, there's certain things that you think, but you don't say because it actually hurts someone. But because I ask you to be truthful, you have no choice but to say those things to me. And it hurt me. Um, yeah. 
So basically, because we were going through these like mental, both separate mental things, we ended up kind of bleeding into each other and harming each other. And so we went to like couples therapy, which was not freaking um, covered by insurance. It was like one fifth, one sixty, one fifty per session. Um, I know Ian didn't think it was fruitful for him, but I think I needed to be in the seat where my your voice and my voice were equal for me to accept that like you don't owe me anything. Because I think before when I was going through something, I felt very validated that like you needed to heal me first or like I needed you to heal, to help me heal when it's not your responsibility at all. Like in my head, I was like, I went through so much shit in the past that like the least you could do is be better than the other person. But you don't owe me that. I just needed to fix it myself. And I think being in in a space where we were both equal voices and someone was there made me realize that like he has go- he's going through so many things that I don't understand. So I'm going to take responsibility to fix my own stuff, but also not make excuses for you to be like, oh, it's okay to tr- for you to treat me this way, Ian, because you have this. No, like it's also your responsibility to deal with your own stuff. And I feel like that's when I it clicked to me when we went through that, I don't know, three-month couples therapy. Yeah, honestly, I I wanted that couples therapy because uh, our arguments were not productive. productive. They went on for a long time. And for me at the time, I felt like you were so dominant, dominating and... Um, arguments that mm-hmm. I wanted the therapist to show you what you were doing wrong. Yeah. She basically played the both of us as equals. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think the one of the reasons why I, I wanted to share that is because I think maybe in in relationships, you always feel like your experience is is louder and should be listened to more than the other person. Like you almost feel kind of like entitled. Um but I think that was like such a humbling experience to know that like we're all going through it and no one's a bad person. If we choose to be together, then we have to deal with our like to fix our own things and also like not make excuses for our our problems. By the way, I did my own personal therapy for OCD. So that's a big reason why I'm better now. So if you may think you have OCD, um, you know, you can verify with, um, with an OCD specialized therapist. And yeah, it, it, it does help, even if minimally. Minimally is actually a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I think... Um... I don't know about how other people are, but I'm very like vocal about certain struggles that I face personally. Oh yeah, so I think like if I had to do it again, I'd probably do. We shouldn't have done per- like couples therapy right off the bat. Like that was <laughs> that was random. <laughs> I think I think 
because we all did therapy separately i feel like we should have just followed that through and healed separately and if there was even if there was more problems then yeah do it together but i think a lot of our personal like struggles actually got fixed when we were healing ourselves separately what what do you think yeah i was about to say that either you got better because i don't know what you did like healed your own your own individual therapy with what's her name karen yeah plus i don't maybe you did something on your own and then me um with my own individual focus therapy um along with just like talking things out with you um led to where we are now like yeah yeah I I think one of the things that I really like I was reflecting throughout the three years that we've been together is that the the more we're together the more we don't make excuses for ourselves and the more we're more accountable to our actions and it seems kind of strict sometimes to me because I'm like once you know you're doing something learn from it and be better and I sometimes I'm like I sound harsh to you um but I think because that's how I approached it myself and that's how I got better like every time I noticed that I I was cleansing myself of all the toxic toxicity that I I kind of did earlier on I really had to look at myself in the mirror and be like you need to be better than this because people don't deserve to be hurt by by this trauma and so because I took accountability I'm so proud like Maybe people hear like you talking about me three years ago and then they're like, oh, Angel's crazy. And like she she do be like that. Like she was that like that. But it was not because I was born like that. So I think we just take more accountability and we take accountability very seriously in, in our relationship, I would say. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I do have that little voice. It's like, no, you got to do that. You got to do that. Yeah, well, anyway, I feel like this episode is really long. I think we... In my head, I thought that we would talk about other topics, but it obviously this is not a very structured podcast episode. So then just things didn't come up, but I'm glad that Ian came. Um, What do you feel? How do you feel about this first ever recording of your voice? Um, Went better than what I expected, but then again, I had two glasses of wine. (laughs) Nice. Um, because you don't normally, you're not normally a talkative person. And I feel like people can probably observe that because I'm pretty sure I'll be talking 75% of the way in this episode. But do you at least feel like it was like natural, like you didn't force yourself to speak or anything? Yeah. Because mm, like, of the wine. Yeah, because of the wine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Um, would you ever come back? If there's one, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'd come back, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Just in case, like, I run out of people. <laughs> yeah. Any closing remarks? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to let people know? Um. I hope whoever listens to this maybe finds some comfort. Like, maybe you're in a relationship and you're you've you've had troubles. Maybe listening to this 
recording will help you feel like a lot of people go through things too. Mm. Yeah, I'm like an oversharer too. So I I will not miss a moment to tell people that like our relationship took a lot of work. But I think because it took a lot of work, um, I'm very proud about it. Because all the improvements is because like we both tried our best to make it like that. I think maybe the old me would be ashamed of that. Like, oh, I'm ashamed that it wasn't perfect. But I'm very proud that it wasn't perfect because we built it to be a very, like, as healthy as two people having their own shit had to, can make it be as healthy as it can be, you know. Um, I wanted to close by asking you how you define love. <laughs> it's cheesy. I think it's the it's the choice mm-hmm. to care for someone, mm-hmm. whatever that means to that other person. Yeah, I told Ian in the car, like, because my personality is very moldable. Um, I told him, and I think he agreed too that he was like this too. That I feel like I can fall in love and get along with different types of people. Like, I could be happy in other relationships outside of this. And that, I think, younger me, if someone told that to me, I'd pro- probably be hurt because I was such a romantic when I was young where I'm like, it's fate, you're you're my soulmate, we're meant to be. But I think knowing that I could be happy and get along and be in love with different people, I think love means more to me because out of everyone that I could possibly be with or potentially be with, um, I still choose this relationship. And I think that kind of magnifies what Ian was saying about the choice is such a validating thing um, because you could be with anyone else. And that's why love is so strong because even with that, you still choose to be with this person. You're just nodding over there. Yeah, I mean, I agree, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so thanks everyone for listening to this episode. Um, if you enjoyed, I'd love for you all to stick around to the third season of my podcast, Above Average. It'll be streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, on my Buzzsprout um, link. Um, refer to my Instagram account as well, Above Average underscore the pod. If you guys stick around, maybe Ian will come back for another episode in the near future. And I hope everyone has a great... Oh, yes. He's raising his hand. If you know Angel personally and you would like her next guest to be her own mother, (laughs) please let her know because I would also like that and hear that. Or I would like to listen to that. Yeah. I don't know why. I think Ian's really like... Ian's just curious to what kind of conversations me and my mom would get into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys want my mom to be on this podcast, feel free. I feel like she'd be an interesting guest and she'd probably cry. (laughs) But that'd be interesting. Anyway, um, she also listens to the podcast, too. So that's fine. Um, Anyway, yeah. So have a great day. I hope that everyone takes care of each other and themselves. You matter. Bye. Bye, Ian. Say bye. See ya. See ya.